1: Good morning, everybody. Whew, I love my church. So nice to be back here. Apparently, I have a very strong South African accent. Please don't hold that against me. Hello George. Hello, Mavis. Wow. Can we just pray? Just let's put our hands out. Let's just Lord, thank you so much that you've started such an incredible good work in us. Lord, thank you today that not one person here who's sitting here would feel condemned. That not one person here would feel I'm too bad. There's no hope for me. That we would, as we put our hands out to you, Lord, that we would embrace your love and your kindness. That you've started this good work and you'll finish it. And thank you so much, Jesus, that you said, I'm, I'm going, but the Holy Spirit will come. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. Invade this place today. Invade it with your love and your life, with your hope and your presence and your wisdom and your understanding. Just still minds that are raging right now, that we would open up ancient doors and let you in. Just thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that each one of us is loved by majesty. Just place your hand on your heart. Lord, I thank you that not one person here would struggle with cardiac arrest, spiritual cardiac arrest. But we ask for the heartbeat of heaven to invade our hearts and renew our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, um, blessed are the short-winded, for they shall be invited back. So here we go. And hello, Ben. I know you're watching on FaceTime, Facebook. I hope this is my good side. So the last number of months I have been based out in South Africa. I, um, it's been an incredible journey in my life. I just, you know, I was part of Ivy, part of the staff here for many years, just absolutely loved that, was an elder here, but I wanted to be young, so I resigned and now part of um, uh, a charity, that's a bad joke, part of a charity called New Day United, and uh, what an adventure we have been on! I'm not going to go into it too much. I just want to share one thing with you. Just in July, just before I came back here, I was involved in an, uh, a summer holiday camp. And when we say holiday camp in South Africa, it's really to guard the young people from being raped and getting into gangs. And there's just so much in the area that I'm working in. One of the areas that I'm working in, and I um, new day joined with a, a church called Kanisa Church, and we. had all these crazy young people but the one day we were privileged enough to have the uh, minister of justice which is the guy with his arm around me who said I'm not letting you go and I thought hello is this it God is this it but then I found out he was married and I went it's not it it's really not it um (laughs) and uh, but he wouldn't let me go so then I thought run Just pick up your skirt, swat, or your trousers and run. And then we had the minister of education who would refuse to smile. And I'd try to make her smile. She would not smile for all the tea in China. But um, there she is, wonderful lady that she is. But we saw God move in such a way. And I would value your prayers. Very much, and I just thank Ivy for the support that um, that it's giving to New Day, but not only to New Day it gives to Rock, it gives to so many other organisations as well. But if you uh, are keen to get involved with what's happening in South Africa, you know, please, um, yeah, get in, you know, chat with me, or we have this thing campaign going, the 2020 campaign, and uh, we're inviting people to partner with us for 20 months, 20 quid for 20 months. So that's enough about all of that. I want to get into what I I want to talk about this morning. And our theme at the moment here at Ivy is a summer of change. And we're looking specifically at Ephesians, uh, the book of Ephesians, fabulous book. And basically, um, Ephesians is divided into two sections. So uh, chapters 1 to 3 are all about how we are saved. And that word saved has become, you know, such a, uh, it's such a, you know, a cliche. But I tell you something, when you rarely need to be rescued, that word becomes a word of life. And so the first three verses, it's how we saved, and then uh, chapter uh, Four to six is about now we are saved. And last week, Anthony spoke. Ah, it was so brilliant to hear him again. We are very, very blessed to have such a caliber of speaker here, really. And I'm not just saying that to win favor because he's my friend anyway. But he told a story, and I just want to quickly recap that story, about a father who uh, had collected masterpieces, uh, artistry, art, um, various art uh, pieces by... Um, very famous people over a number of years, and he and his son were these art dealers. And his son went off to fight in uh, Vietnam and was killed. And the story goes that the son's friend came to the father, and presented him with a picture. He said, "It's not. I know you. You loved art, and your son loved art. Um, but I painted your son, and um, it's not as good as any Picasso or Rembrandt or any of the others. But." Um, this is your son. This is a picture of your son, and the father was so impressed by that and hung it in the house. And then the father died and uh, came to auction all these paintings. And the first painting in the auction was this picture of the son. And the story goes that there was a lot of debate. People were going, "What? A, what? You know, it's such a stupid picture. What is this? What is this? This is not a, a masterpiece." And uh, The um, auctioneer went, no, we're going to sell this first. And people were not putting bids on it. Eventually, a bid was made. And the guy kind of went, it was a friend of the father's, went, okay, $10 or $20. I can't remember the exact amount. And the auctioneer went, sold. The auction is closed. And everybody was like, what do you mean the auction's closed? Now we can get on with, you know, auctioning the real masterpieces. And the man said this, by the will of the Father, whoever gets the Son, the painting of the Son, gets it all. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Gets it all. And we get it all. Christ in us, it says, is the hope of glory. In the book of Ephesians, that in Christ is mentioned 27 times. And this morning, as I share with you, just for these next few moments, I really want us to begin to say, how does what Lynn shares apply to me? How does, as we look at these verses in Ephesians, how does this apply to me, we sang a song this morning from the head to the heart. I don't know about you, but one of the things I know is that I've got far, far, far too much information and not enough revelation. And God wants us to have revelation that brings about formation, that changes us. And that's what I'm wanting us to do this morning, that we don't just kind of sit, no, I couldn't be bothered, but that we really say, God, what are you saying to me? How does this apply to me? And so Anthony, looking at Ephesians 1, was all about the whole aspect of being blessed. Incredible. But chapter 2 is to look at the how, the nitty-gritty. How, how do I get to become a part of God's plan for my, my life? What does this saving look like? How do I become alive in Christ? And so I'd love us to just look at the first 10 verses, uh, 10 10 verses of chapter two. And really, if, if we look at it, you'll see there's a past and there's a present and there's a future kind of theme that goes through these verses. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit that is at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. So, God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all that He has done for us who are united in Christ Jesus. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for any of this, for it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do all the good things that He planned for us long ago. Woo, what an incredible, path of grace. Incredible. And we see these three tenses of salvation from where we've been, the past and the present and the future. And in this summer of change, we need to begin to look at what was and what is. We need to look at what was old and what was new, what was then and what is now. And so I want to look at some aspects of salvation just quickly. Five little aspects from those 10 verses. That salvation is number one, from sin. It's by love. It's into life. It's with a purpose and it's through faith. Now just relax. I'm not going to spend hours on every point, okay? But salvation is from sin. In verse one, it says, Once you were dead once you were dead, and then it goes on to talk about the behaviors and the choices. And one thing I love about the Bible, I remember years ago when I gave my life to Jesus, one thing I loved about the Bible is that it didn't fudge the matter. It tells it as it is. Yes, I know their interpretations, but it doesn't fudge the deal. And it helps us to face the facts of our lives. And beloved, no matter how good my intentions are, no matter how many self-help podcasts I listen to or books I read, no matter how many times I stand in front of the mirror and go, you are a winner. It's not gonna change the fact that I am a sinner. It's not gonna change the fact and I need to face the fact that I'm a sinner. I've fallen short.
0: And the only
1: real way to win is to acknowledge that I am dead without Jesus. Jesus actually says that. He says, you are dead in your trespasses and sin. And those two words, trespass and sin are so fascinating. You know, the word sin is really, the Greek word is, it's a word for, it's a hunter's word. It means to miss the mark that a man shoots an arrow and misses the target. Whenever I see that, I always, I always am reminded of this, um, this cartoon on the far side where these two uh, deer are standing there and it says, bummer of a birthmark, Al. Bummer of a birthmark. But we need, to be, we need to hit the mark. We need to hit the mark in God. And the word trespass is the word to slip or fall, or stumble. Anybody been watching the Olympics? And I'm, oh man, my heart rate has gone through the roof sometimes. But there's something, you remember, these girls do this stuff on that long beam. Unbelievable, you know? And then they do these flick-flack thingies on it as well. I can't even do a flick-flack without a beam. And you watch these girls, you know, and and then one girl stumbled and fell, oh. And I want to go, give her a gold. It's incredible. But trespasses, you know, that whole thing of stumbling and falling, going in the wrong direction. And sin is coming short of glorifying God. You know, when we talk about somebody who's a robber, we go, oh yeah, that's a sinner. Or we talk about somebody who's been a murderer and we go, yep, that person's a sinner. Or a rapist or a liar. Yep, that's a sinner. But one of the things we need to, to really grapple with as we look at this is sin has much more to do with what I don't do than what I do do. So much more. It's about the choices I make. It's about what I fail to do, to acknowledge that I'm dead without Jesus. And it's not about degrees of good or bad. When somebody dies, say there were a whole lot of corpses, we would say, yeah, you know, various degrees of decay going on. But the one thing that's common about all those corpses is that they are, they're dead. But here's the good news. (laughs) That our loving heavenly father specializes in raising the dead. Back to life. And Jesus proved it. And beloved, Easter is not just for a little kind of eating chocolates in April. It's for every day of our lives. Jesus was resurrected from the dead so that you and I can be resurrected from the deadness of sin. And there's a whole new positioning that God wants to give to you and I. He wants to position us from death to life. And for some of us here today, maybe we need to still find that position. That's okay. And maybe for some of us, we've already found it. And so we see in this whole story of Ephesians that first of all, being saved is from sin. But the second thing, we are saved by love. In verse four, but God, God who is rich in mercy. And that word rich in mercy is abounding in mercy, big time into mercy. And in spite of what I deserve, I receive His love. In spite of the judgments that I deserve, I receive His mercy and that I'm saved by His love why does God offer us mercy? Because of his love, his great love. And salvation starts in the heart of our Lord. In 1 John 4 verse 10, it says this, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us first and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice, sent his son as a costly sacrifice for our sins, an atoning sacrifice, a costly sacrifice. One of the things that they had in South Africa uh, a number of years ago was what they called the Truth and Reconciliation um, Times. And these Truth and Reconciliation sittings were really where people who had been perpetrators of evil, um, they'd shot people, uh, could come and stand before this court. And there was a, there was a moment of pardon in South Africa as they admitted their crimes. And there was one situation there that was so incredibly, incredibly powerful. I remember this man standing up, an Afrikaans man standing up and talking about how many people he had murdered in the name of the law. And there was one person who uh, he had murdered and he said, I murdered this guy who was a political man, uh, one of the political leaders at that time in the ANC. And he said, I murdered him. And by going before the truth and reconciliation, there was a kind of a pardon that was given that they wouldn't have to uh, go to prison for their crimes. And then I saw something incredible and the man stood and he said, I have not come here just so that I can be pardoned from jail. I've come here to really look the mother of this man in the eyes. And he looked her in the eyes, and he went, I am truly, truly sorry. And the woman, there was this kind of pause. And she had lost her son, and it had been nearly 20 years. She didn't know where her son was. And the woman got up in the court. She came forward, and she put her arms around this guy. And she said, I forgive you. I forgive you. And that's what mercy is all about. When God says to you and I, yeah, I know what you did, but I'm offering you unconditional and complete forgiveness. I'm offering you unconditional forgiveness from your sin by my love and into life. The one thing that a dead person needs more than any coffin is life. And beloved, we need life. You and I need life. And every one of us have incredible testimonies of God's life. And I'm just going to ask Josh to come up here two minutes, brother. And I want you to just tell them about your life story in two minutes.
0: Two minutes. Go. You never really know uh, you're asleep until you wake up. And uh, I can certainly say that I never wanted God. Uh, But now I'm a Christian I know that I needed him so much Uh, I used to get really badly bullied in high school and I really struggled with acceptance and and knowing uh, who I was and and love and all that kind of stuff and I'm really thankful for some people in Ivy who got me through that difficult time in school where I wanted to commit suicide and end my life and I just felt like my life had no purpose and and meaning Uh, and that's because I was disconnected from the creator of life and it's always going to feel like that when you're disconnected it's it's not going to make sense Um, When I was 18 years old, I was locked up in a police station. I know I don't look like a very bad guy. I'm not a bad guy, Uh, but I was just a bit stupid. Uh, And I ended up in this police station locked up and I decided to pray because I was just hopeless. And and often when we're down at the pits, that's when we look for God. I was hopeless and, and I prayed and that's really where I had an encounter with Jesus. I felt like I received his love for the first time. I received this forgiveness that Lynn was talking about and I really felt like that's where I woke up, where I realized, oh man i'm asleep i'm just going drifting through life without my creator I, i'm dead i'm drifting through life not really knowing what life is and so i decided to come uh, back to church and uh, i realized that church wasn't just for good people it was for broken people like me it was for people who didn't feel like their purpose uh, they had any purpose or reason in life and i started to realize that we can find our purpose and our reasoning in uh, Jesus. So I gave my life to Christ when a loud mouth evangelist called Andy Hawthorne challenged me to live 100% for Jesus and I decided to say yes to that and I turned away from my old life and live for him and I stand here right now knowing I have a purpose and a reason for my life. I'm married to an amazing woman with two beautiful kids uh, and I know that Jesus loves me now and and I'm here to tell you that God loves you too and he has a plan for your life as well.
1: Is that two minutes? That's brilliant. (laughs) In not it great hearing one another's stories? In, in verse five, it says, even when we were dead in our sins, he made us alive together in Christ. For by grace, you have been saved. And one thing I love about my church, I love my church, I love Ivy, is that Ivy is all about helping people find their way back to God. Helping people find their way back to God. The mystery with such beauty That suddenly we become God aware. That's a mystery. It's a miracle that in dialogue we begin to hear God's voice, not just voices in our heads. But we begin to hear what God has to say to us. That as we read God's word, it's not a crusty old book. It becomes a manual that leads to life and keeps us anchored in life that we be, as a community you know picnics are great that we begin to have community together which is so essential and worship what we were doing earlier on becomes a breath in us that corporately together we sing to the lord and so we move from being religious which is always driven by what i do to relationship as where i am and so that salvation is from our sin. It's by love, it's into life. And as Josh said, it's with a purpose. And in verse six, it says this, and he raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Sit with him in heavenly places. What does that talk about? It talks about us having authority, that our lives begin to matter. And I know that for my life, it's not easy. Sometimes really scary things that I'm involved in, sometimes incredibly discouraging things. Sometimes I'm jolly scared. I was jolly scared about speaking this morning. But in it all, there is a purpose for our lives. And beloved, we need that purpose in our lives. And one of the most beautiful stories as I come to an end, one of the most beautiful stories is when Jesus's friend Lazarus has been dead and Jesus goes to the tomb and he says this, he says, Lazarus, come out, come out of that tomb. And then he says to La- the friends of Lazarus and the family of Lazarus, he says this, lose him and take those grave clothes off him. And you know, so many of us can know that we're saved from sin. We know that it's by love. We know that God is saying it's into life and there is a purpose, but we need to get rid of some of the grave clothes we're wearing because we're stumbling around, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? And I wanna just encourage you today to take off the old. Don't let the old define you where God is taking you. The purpose that God has for us is not defined by my past. It is defined about where I am at the moment, what clothes I'm wearing at the moment and where I'm going in the future. I don't know, I don't know the full picture. I may stumble at times, But I tell you, there is nothing more powerful than the cheer of heaven calling us onwards. That grace of God that gives us the strength to stand. And the final thing is we are saved from sin and by love and into life and with a purpose. And it's through faith. In verse eight, it says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And faith, beloved, is really this, simply believing. I choose to believe. I choose to believe in Jesus. And so I want to encourage us today in the summer of change. Let's embrace it. Lord, what are you saying to me? Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, I thank you so much for my incredible family here. I thank you for Ivy. I thank you for your life and your love that's here. And that first thing is, what do we say from? We save from sin. And I just want us, as we, as we just pause here for a few seconds, just consider. Just consider. And maybe there's some of you that you are the walking dead. You've been one of those who understand, yeah, actually, I've been, I've been missing the mark. I've been missing the mark. I've been going in the wrong direction. I've been stumbling and falling. I'm standing in front of the mirror going, you are a winner, but deep down in my heart, I know that it's not true. It's just in my head and it's not impacting the fullness of my life. And if that's you today, please don't wait for tomorrow. Please don't wait.